Welcome back to Last Night Recap, the show that takes the EMEA and America's Apple Edu chat and recaps them in a serious but not way. I'm your host, Martin Kutz, and I'm joined as ever by my friends and colleagues, Mr. Johan Anderson. Hello, Johan. Hello, how are you doing? I'm fine. How's the ice cream? <laughs> it's very good, actually. Good. I'm already through two of them. But I was going to say you've had this is you, you, it was your son's birthday, so you were having ice cream, cake. I'm assuming maybe some jelly or Jello, as they say. Yeah, definitely. And we had nice. like big family pizzas as well. You know, it's like all the good things. <laughs> it is. It's it's that one. It's that one day of the year that you get an excuse to to eat that way. It's um, treat every day like your birthday is is my motto. Definitely. Good. You had a good week. Definitely. Uh, it was a really good week. I'm now into my new work. Quite good. Um, a lot of work because of the grade. grades are all through Stockholm Capital. Um, so it's very interesting from that point of view. Mm-hmm. And we are responsible for that. Okay. Funny times. Cool. Funny times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about getting thrown in at the deep end type of, type, type of affair. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. And I'm also joined by a man who's had quite a busy week as well. Hello, Hi. Matt. How are you? You've been uh, I'm good. I'm good. You've been uh, out and about visiting and sharing and collaborating with uh, teachers all over Wales this week. We have, you? yeah. Doing a bit of just sort of showcasing what's going on locally to us. So it's been, been great just to go and chat to teachers and just talk talk community, talk engagement. It's um, yeah, been a been an interesting week very inspired so. and good and i noticed you've got a um you've got a, a, a thing that you've tried to do where you're building like a community of educators for south wales you want to tell us a, a quick wee bit about that yeah so just we have our apple rtc sessions and, and people come and go and this this year we try to do like a professional learning academy just getting a group of people in the room and it's it, i wanted to get away from the me standing at the front and talking about an app or talking about process and getting people to, to share what they do uh, and it was a small group of, of about six or seven but it had you know a real good traction to it um, and then a, a lot of my really good digital leaders are finishing with us at uni this year and I thought you know let's try and keep them on board luckily they're all staying fairly local so I just thought mm-hmm. an opportunity there to kind of just build a community then of, of really passionate kind of NQTs really passionate teachers out in school just to keep that conversation going um and, and support each other really so you know I, I get inspired all the time by the things that teachers do and just just wanted a place where that could um that could grow organically you know how i like to grow things organically yeah i things organically absolutely matt you're uh you're you're known you're known for your basketball skills and how they organically flow organic basketball. Um, but no that that um matt that that sounds truly inspirational that's i think having someone like you going out there and and kind of spreading the spreading the word of, of uh, teachers helping teachers working together sharing. Um, I think that's. I think you should really be commended for well, that. Well it's, done. It's, that's well. A... It's not. It's not me. It's 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 kind of me seeking out their stories and and helping them share their stories really because I think there's so much good stuff that goes on. You know, it's like great teachers sometimes don't talk that much about what they do because they just do it because they love it and and the thing. Mm that that message needs to go and and if i can help them have a platform to share their story then 
brilliant, you know, in, in that's what I think we need in Wales is, is more people that shout about the stuff that they do. So. And that's what you should be commended for, the fact that you've seen that there is a need for that and you're sort of taking the bull by the horns, if you like, and or the or the sheep by the leek. And you're... <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, moving on, last but not least, <laughs> Mr. Meester Kirk Leinen. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. How are you going? We're good. good. Yeah, Sounds good. Like it. Uh, yeah, I think everyone's having a. You know, I I kind of feel quite bad because I'm I'm on the wind down. I'm uh, sort of getting things prepared for my next venture. So I've been oh, no. I've been sitting. Well, I've been sitting playing with betas all week. So oh. it's been, it's been, <laughs> Here it's uh, silence um, before the storm. Because um... yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything just yet. But uh, what about you? You've got a pretty couple of uh, busy weeks coming oh, yeah, up yeah, yeah. with uh, ST. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... With ISTE coming up, um, there's a lot of things happening um, specifically because it's workshops, it's it's um, running and helping on the program committee, um, a creative food tour walk, and um, of course an ADE playground on the Wednesday. So um, and it's in the city that I live in now. So I want to be a good host to uh, everyone coming around. And there's tons of things happening over here. There's a Marvel yeah. exhibit. There's a Chinese Lantern Festival. The Phillies are in town, so you can see some baseball. So you'll have to have to pick, but I'm not in Philadelphia right now. Oh, no. Well, that was going to be my next part is, uh, you know, the question that's on everyone's lips is, of course, hashtag where's Kurt. So you made it quite clear. I'll give you a cryptic description already. I landed in a bigger city in a neighboring state to get to the state and the small town I'm in now. That hasn't helped me at all. So, <laughs> so it's well, it helps you narrow down. So you had to. You had to. Now, my first question is usually, are you in America? So I'm and guessing. That hasn't narrowed it down to, you know, anything more than that. Washington, yep. then. So did you have no, to land at JFK? Is that where you are? No. But no. New York. It's, so uh, you're, it's, you're it's warmer over here. Ah, oh, okay. Warmer. More towards the middle. And I was pretty uh, close last week when I was in Arkansas. Maps. Come on, Maps. Come on, Maps. <laughs> Open it up. So you're in... Are you in... Are you in no, Missouri? no. You have, to, you have to come down a little it, bit more. No. Okay. And I'm not in Louisiana either. Okay. So west of Louisiana. Okay. Yes. West. West of... No, sorry. Bayou? I'm east. I'm not in Oklahoma. Georgia. Georgia. I'm not in Georgia, yeah. but you're getting Alabama. closer. I'm not in Alabama. South Carolina. So there's one Carolina. more. North, North Carolina. Carolina. So I scroll a little bit to the left on your Apple Savannah. Maps. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I landed in Actually, Memphis, Tennessee I, I, to get okay. to this city. Oh, Tennessee. And I won't let you guess the city because it's it's really it's really tiny. Um it's in Corinth, um, and Jeffrey Powell, who's an ADE, he's uh, hosting Mobile Learning 2019 oh. over there, and um, so we're uh, we're promoting our okay. joy for professional learning over there, and um, and doing some design thinking with numbers, um, flying some paper airplanes, things like that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking. Yeah, Amazing. It's, it's fun. Amazing. Uh, we're. I hope you're keeping a track of these because I think we're we're definitely going to have to make a. Like a, like a maybe, maybe for next season we'll do a has... um, Kurt on tour and uh, I'll, I'll take you to some places yeah 
I think so. But for this season and for this episode, Kurt, yes, we're let talking about know tours. That actually is a nice bridge to um, what we're doing. And the EMEA chat, the one that lasts for this uh, this season, was all about the virtual tours with iPad, which was hosted by Laura George. And then, of course, um, we dive into part two of Dubbed Up, um, hosted by Tim Cook and Craig Federici and um, all the new updates that are out there and the updates that have been coming this week. Um, I mean, we mentioned Swift Playgrounds 3 last week, but then they dropped an iMovie update on us, um, which got quite a bit of attention on Twitter, and that's why the hashtag of the week is hashtag green screen magic. Nice. Nice. So we've actually got a pretty packed show uh, coming up. It's it's going to be uh, secret uh, questions with Matt this week. And actually, Matt, do you want to let give everyone a hint of what's coming up, or are we going to? Do we have a, a new jingle? Is it a birthday jingle? Is, there, there is... might there might be something in the jingle that celebrates that it's the twentieth episode. Ooh. But but I've now probably built that up far too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you've still got an Americas and an EMEA chat to fix that. <laughs> yeah, you've still got half an hour, Matt. To, to... <laughs> I hope your son's not in bed yet. Okay, guys, when we come back, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> well, there goes your helpline. Um, so maybe you can call a Damn, friend. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's come back with the EMEA. Okay, let's get this started with the EMEA chat. As Kurt said, this is the penultimate um, episode and it was the last of the ADE 2019 takeover um, of this season. We had Laura George, who is at Mrs. Underscore Educate on Twitter. And she was an excellent host. She, um, we, you know, really quite impressed with how well she facilitated the chat. She was responding to a lot of people. She was asking follow-up questions. It wasn't just a, you know, a retweet or a like. She was actually saying, "And what has been the impact?" I quite liked the, um, I quite liked the style that she had. Um, we've had, we've been quite fortunate that we've had some excellent hosts. Um, it was just a shame that her chat coincided with a pretty major um, update to an app that hasn't seen a lot of love lately, which actually takes me to my our tweet of the week. And it comes from our very own Matthew Pullen. I have made it. You, I, I know. Forget questions with Matt. It's Matt of the week. Sweet of the week. I did use your name in the sentence, not a not love. <laughs> I know, I know. How many times have you tried? <laughs> have you heard of Matthew? <laughs> and Matt, your tweet, I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason that I should say your tweet. Let people know what you were saying. Shall I say it in like a, 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 a movie voice as well? Like, loving the new iMovie updates. Going to bring a whole new way to create movies in the classroom. The addition of green screen is awesome. Plus the addition of logos as overlays. Hashtag Apple Edu chat at Apple Edu. Yeah, so whenever you want to do a movie voice, that would be absolutely perfect if you just do that tweet. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really blown away. I think you have to like, oh, oh, yeah. throw in a... Uh, I'm not just available so, now not for just... downloads and your I know. local device. Matthew Pullen, loving the <laughs> iMovie updates. <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, I I think we'll we'll talk we'll talk about Laura's question in a quick second, but just iMovie um, having this update, Matt. You you've had a bit of a play with it. You've seen obviously do ink, or I actually heard someone call it doink. At some oh. yeah, um, so do ink green screen has obviously been a staple of a lot of um, a lot of iPad use, um, especially ones using using green screen. What has been the one thing that you found that iMovie has done differently to green screen? Um, that makes it a, a kind of a go-to one for some people. Um, I, I think for me, it's for for users of iMovie, it's the familiarity of an app mm-hmm. and and knowing something, and now you can do something extra in it. We've talked about that with with other apps before, like Keynote and and the addition of of things, meaning that you don't need to relearn a whole new app. You just you just use a new feature. Um, for me, I, I never really play that much with doing to, to sort of go into all the features. But what I found quite easy with with iMovie's green screen was just post production green screen stuff. Um, it's not just the green screen; you can tap on any color and get rid of it. Yeah. So, um, so if you've got pre existing videos, I, I think I messed around with a silly one of me and a friend snowboarding. And I got rid of the white. You did, yeah, like that one with fire, mm-hmm. and it's just little things like that. You don't have to have the whole green screen element. You can actually. I was looking at it from more kind of a creative arts angle, mm-hmm. in terms of what could I what could I turn this video into look looking like instead of it being that sort of snowboarding snow effect. So, I think that's that's the thing I I kind of like post production of of, the, of any green screen elements and the create creative minds and what they'll come up with so. yeah i think that's a i think that's a good point and the the fact that you've said it's this familiarity the thing i liked about how you you kind of insert the video for green screen is if anyone's ever done the picture in picture where they've had the overlays it's it's yeah. just an additional option under that three dot when you yeah. so instead of tapping the plus button you just tap the three dots and there's a green blue uh, uh, option in the list and you tap it it goes in and you do what you need to do after that. So, yeah, I, it would, it just so happened that that came out, that update came it sort of became in the public eye for like around about eight o'clock, just as Laura's chat was uh, was taking place. But I just wanted to segue into how green screen and all of these types of things could be used because Laura was talking about virtual tours, and it's kind of that. This this would also tie into what we're going to talk about with you in the America's chat card in WWDC is how do you use virtual tours in the classroom? So what's been your experience of using virtual tours and how do you think that might progress with updates to iMovie and iPadOS and all of these types of things? Well, I think that, um, I mean, you can be transported to any time period now. Um, if, if you get a hold of um, some 360 um images you could create something in in keynote um paul hamilton is is always trying to like push us and and show his innovative ways of of the use of technology and i think he's used keynote with a 360 image and then brought it into tour creator to create a virtual tour um yeah that would be something and then i think with the with the latest update um that's gonna come that minecraft um, yeah. or anything AR, bringing an AR world um, into your classroom and then being part of it yourself, um, that will have a, a, an enormous impact because this means that children can create that world. Um, going into a space explorer, um, 
totally being immersed in it is always better. And um, if it can be done in a native app that people know, I mean, a few episodes ago, we talked about that fear of technology and, and how could we help yeah. teachers take that next step. I think if you kind of get them to the basics of, of an iMovie and then they happen to tap on those three little dots and explore green screen, then their inspiration and their way of teaching can be enforced by that. And we haven't used the word a while, uh, empowered um, yeah. to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to get that uh, idea out. And, and it's all about what's in your mind because most of us are, are really good teachers. Um, we just don't see the way immediately to use uh, technology in, in, a, in a meaningful way. So um, by throwing it out on Twitter and seeing some of the ideas, um, things that I've seen is that dragon flyby with a drone shot that brings you into that virtual Game of Thrones uh, yeah. feeling. Um, so there's plenty of options now with some basic, basic tools which focus on the creative part and not just the consuming part. Again, uh, you know my opinion on, on consuming. There's no creation Absolutely. if there's no yeah. consuming. So, um, But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I think Google's still leading on that, but I'm curious to see now, once it gets into the hands of educators, um, what we can expect. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a, a good point. And Johan, green screen isn't something that is has just happened because of iMovie. Obviously, there's been we've, we've mentioned the the Do Ink app um, and the fact that 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 has been a staple on a lot of iPads. So, what do you think um, makes this the? What do you think is it? Or how do you think teachers are really going to explore this and take this forward in a way that they maybe haven't had the chance to do before? Oh, you mean with the updates or, or yeah. generally? I mean, um, I agree with Matt uh, on that, that you have it within something that you already know. And definitely that where you have maybe a lot of other materials. And you can go from a green screen very fast to to something else within iMovie, which I think is it's really cool. Um, where I think they will take it is that it allows students to, like Kurt say as well, take uh, journeys that are not restricted what we can film, uh, more or less, um, mm -hmm. where we are. We can actually film something and then add another element or another what do you say dimension where mm -hmm. um creation or fantasy or imagination um there and there's no borders anymore that's why i think it's the most important thing with this and it's within an app that uh isn't there and you don't yeah. have so let's say if you have a, a teacher that's not really into looking for other apps now it's there and you can start using it straight away. That's what That's I like. And there's no restrictions anymore. Before, it's actually what you have, the material you have, or the apps you have access to, or you can just film where you are. Now you can film where you're not. That's a good. That's a very good point. You've is, spoken quite a lot. Okay? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no. no. It, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know if that's, uh, that's uh, something that they w would do, but I think so. No, I think okay. you're absolutely right. I mean, you've spoken a lot about your your municipality and and how they're they're kind of looking at, at what's happening overall. Yeah. Has 
cost been a been a big factor in terms of what your schools have been allowed to do and you know and and uh, this is thrown out to to all you guys um, in terms of how much do you think cost has really meant that virtual tours and paid for applications have been have been uh, limited um you know they, they, they've had to do virtual tours because they don't have the money to take the kids out so how do you think apps like this exploring more features do you think that's a good thing or do you think that that maybe stifles innovation for a lot of people oh, in a mixed way mm. uh, always uh, that uh, that would be my answer so yes i know that like in belgium we had to cut down on um bus trips um even bus trips to the to the swimming pool um because of um budget costs and and cuts over there but i mean if you want to experience water then you need to dive into it you need and and a virtual trip underneath the uh, sea and in the ocean can give you a feeling but it's never as real so um, it could be a good simulation um but there's always the mix i think and and um these things hopefully get kids so excited that maybe they want to do marine biology um, mm-hmm. So then, can, that's a can I ch- yeah, sure, jump in. Yeah, can I chuck a different perspective in as well? So um, I had a really interesting conversation with um, an SEN teacher. We were talking about autistic children, how they struggle in new environments, and actually the the impact of if you can if you know you're taking a student to somewhere that actually has a 360 experience, whether it be on Google or wherever that can really help them immerse in what they're going to see before they go there. I mean, it works with just <clears throat> photographs, but you can, you can imagine that the 360 immersive environment really makes you sort of feel that you're in that place and yeah. that can ease that transition and ease the, the anxiety of being somewhere new um, for, for lots of our learners that might struggle with that. Um, yeah, we have other friends that have done the same with autistic children with Minecraft. Yeah, building the environment before in Minecraft, and it worked really nicely. It'll be interesting to see what um, the the kind of impact is on those learners when you know, as Kurt was saying, with the updates to the um, to, to iPad OS and the new AR, these sort of shared. AR experiences. This is, um, you know, we're we're kind of getting into into the next the next part of the Americas. But a, the shared AR experiences is going to be a big part of what's moving forward in the classroom coming up. You know, AR Maker have already have already said that they're looking at how these immersive experiences can 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 work using their app. So it's it's really and you, you can tell me whether you agree or disagree but i think the ability for for kids to 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 get to get those opportunities to explore under the ocean or to you know walk on mars or to look at they're they're getting easier and easier without the need for a lot of additional apps it's it's now becoming it's that out of the box functionality is now becoming is now becoming the, the sort of the de facto for a lot of people. Would you would you agree with that, or do you still think that paid for applications are are going to be the way moving forward? I, think, I, I don't think I don't think schools can afford the the paid for stuff. No. Um, I I think if I think what schools are looking for now is that these the iPads are just a tool in the classroom, mm-hmm. and and it's not just the the. Um, the cost it's also the time of doing the proper research into 
what is the impact of this app? Do we need logins? Do, you know, what's the data protection element? I think the more that schools can can be helped with the simplicity of of out of the box apps, whatever it might be, there's more of a comfort zone to know that you know you're not putting children at risk from anything. I'm not talking major things, but obviously from the we've talked about data and privacy before. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's that element that you don't want to go down a line where you're you're buying something, wasting money, mm. um, only to find out that you know it might have been good for a period of time, but you, you haven't used it for a year or whatever. Yeah, only three people in the school actually use it. So yeah, creating that digital uh, garbage belt. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. Thank you very much for your input as always. The Wakelet uh, recap for this uh, chat will be in the show notes as always. Um, you can follow Laura, as I say, she is at Mrs. Underscore Educate on Twitter. Um, she actually does quite a lot with uh, virtual tours and out of the, you know, taking kids out of the classroom without actually leaving the classroom. So so seeing a lot of the stuff that she does is um is going to be really interesting. Guys, thank you. And when we come back, uh, Kurt, you're going to take us through Dub Dub Part 2. Part 2 coming up. Nice. Welcome back uh, to Dub Dub Part 2. There was so much that we had to talk about that we are spending another America's chat on it. There was no um, Apple EDU chat this week. Um, but so much has been released and we, we barely touched on a few things. Remind me, guys, I think we talked about the new home screen and the pinning of um, the, the windows on there. Um, markup. And markup. Markup, yeah. Yeah, markup. And then we did, we did a little bit about the multitasking and, and um, the app switcher, I think that was men- mentioned. And then the Apple Pencil with that markup of uh, full page. Yeah. Um, something that's kind of related to that um, that I... I thought that stood out a bit is those those new gestures for copying and pasting text. Uh, what do you think mm, about yeah. that? Like, will that help all learners? Um, you think with gestures or assistive touch um, that makes it a little easier, or do you think that's that's like a is it like a geeky detail, or do you think it will make an impact? I'm I'm intrigued to see whether or not it's a generational thing, um, and is is that going to be a real instinctive way for people that are using iPads and, and have never really learned to do it in other ways. That would be quite interesting. Um, you know, I think I still, I still treat the copy and paste on my iPad as, as how I would, if it was a mouse, just I'm tapping my finger instead of clicking on the mouse button. Um, but that's a whole new sort of approach. And is that more natural to sort of pinch it? And, and yeah, that'd be quite interesting to see how, how young learners, I suppose. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the voice control tool. And, and that was highlighted in, in one of the videos yeah. too. Like mm. just to be able to say um, copy paragraph three and five and yeah. then um, paste it over here so that I could scroll down. I think I'll wait for that before I, I'll go into new gestures. I'll learn the gestures because I, mean, I want to keep learning and, and I'm curious about it. Um, but that voice control, kind of like that Tony Stark, Iron Man, um, yeah. AI. Um, I, and then that was one of the things highlighted is the difference between Siri in iOS 12 and now coming up on iOS 13, where they um, make it feel so much more natural. And I think Martin, do you know any of the specifics on it? Cause they highlighted a few things um, that it's fully 
computer generated now i think yeah 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 so the it's there's a lot of it is on device on device learning so one of the one of the things that apple are, are quite keen on as we all know is privacy compared to what what they they never mentioned the other guys by name they just called them <laughs> the other guys mm-hmm. um and they and there was a really good podcast episode with john gruber who um did a um uh, Steve Jobsniak and uh, Craig Frederick were on it just after dubbed up um, the the keynote, and they were talking about um, all of that kind of stuff with the with the city and the machine learning. Um, and what they never do is they never upload any of it. It what Google tends to do is the more you speak to the Google Assistant, the more it learns in the cloud. Yeah. Um. So all everything you say, and we were actually having a conversation about this. Uh, just before we we started recording live, we were talking about how Kurt, you were saying that that you've got an echo in your living room and that it would, or you had it in your office and it would freak you out because mm-hmm. you know you and you and your other half would be talking and it would pick up on some of the things you were saying. Yeah, and that's because that's because in order for these um, these smart speakers to learn, they have to take what you're saying. They have to listen to what you're saying all the time, both naturally and unnaturally but the more you speak to Siri on your iPhone or iPad the machine learning aspect of Siri will learn on the device so they're actually harnessing the power that's on the device that they have in front of them to help Siri understand you better and start to respond so when people come back to you and they say oh Siri's rubbish it doesn't understand you it's more it's probably because you haven't used it that much mm-hmm. and you will find that the more you use it, the clever and the more responsive it will get to what you're, to what you're saying. And, and even the little, you know, even the little inflections in your voice and these types of things that will begin to pick up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I must say what I really love it. Maybe it's just <laughs> out of the blue now is the accessibility thing with all the numbers. In, yeah, the in red speech, right? Uh, I would love to have that. Like, I everywhere. think that will happen. That will help so many uh, people. Like, we always it's... keep talking uh, from the the disability point of view, but I think it's like accessing all abilities for everyone. Yeah, I mean, imagine having that within the, what you say in copying. So you say like copy, and then every row has a number, and you say copy three to eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and paste underneath uh, fifty. Yeah. That would be so cool because then it's so fast. Yeah. Talking um, about accessibility, there are three things that I uh, just want to highlight that are quick. They're not specifically new in the technology world, but they are new now in in this uh, update that's coming. And it's one is the quick type keyboard, uh, yep. which has been mm-hmm. around on Android devices for a while, but it's now. Fully and on you, iOS, yeah. third party ones, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like keyboard and exactly. uh, SwiftKey. But Swift now it's going to be, be native in there. So um, yeah. I think that will be a, a big impact. Um, as you see, Matt just mentioned uh, this new generation and, and how they will adapt to it. And they're probably more used to swiping and, and writing in yeah. this way than actually doing the two thumb typing. Um, that generation is already 
being uh, oh, my a kids, little older. My kids saw me playing with it um, this week. You know, I've got it on. Uh, I've got it on uh, a couple of my devices here, and they saw me playing with the um, with the quick type keyboard, and they were like, "Whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. what is that? When do we? When do we get that? Is that out just now? Can <laughs> we? Can Can I go?" And I'm saying, "No, I'm, I'm <laughs> doing a test of it." They're like, "Oh." Yeah. Can I get you know? But they they were just you know they were glued to to what I was doing with it. So yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. I'm talking about coming from typing and text. Um, it was a detail that was mentioned, um, but installing your own fonts now without using a third party app, and and being mm-hmm. able to help um, people with dyslexia by by using fonts. I mean, I know that you could change fonts on. Um, on a web page, I think Martin, you shared a shortcut even in one of the books, um, and there we are with shortcuts again. But they opened. Okay. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, long. Yeah, <laughs> Martin's got. A I, notice I never said it. Yeah, notice <laughs> I never said it. No. This thing. <laughs> but I mean, installing your own fonts. I do. You, don't you think that will be a big one? Oh, it's a huge one. It's it's a huge one. I do. Sorry, think guys, I jumped in there. We we have we have an opportunity here though. Um, because fonts are just like any other copyrighted thing. Um, you can't just go and grab them from the internet and install them on your iPad. Um, there's a really, really nice website, and we'll, um, we'll share that in the, in the notes, where you can actually make your own font by um, your handwriting and turning that into a font. Um, that's a really nice one to use uh, that yeah. I think could give that personal touch. We're talking about the eye in the iPad and, and personalizing your education then um, it makes it look like you've actually written it on, uh, on a piece of paper. The other thing that they're going to do with the fonts, Kurt, is they're actually going to be on the App Store. Um, so the, the fonts that you want to install mm-hmm. on a device, iOS 13 or running iPadOS, is if you want to install the font, you go and download it from the, from the App Store. So there is a, um, there is that, that, that's going to be how copyright is going to be um, they're going to safeguard copyright and yeah. also to to safeguard um to safeguard the devices because um like true type fonts you know you might see that when you download a font it either says dot ttf yeah. or dot otf mm-hmm. um those those are actual little little packages they're 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 full little packages and that was how the first malware was spread was through a ttf and an otf font file yeah. Um, so that was the, the very first instance of malware was uh, a font installed. So they're they're very very keen that that um, they're they're not opening the device up to to you know harmful harmful um, software if you like. Yeah. Um, the other one that I uh, I think one of you mentioned it last week is files is getting a a big update um, in the way that you will be able to have a, a different column view now. Do you, do you think that that will help kids with structure, um, Johan? Yes, I think definitely. Um, and then you get the information of um, what you're actually looking at, which could be good when, you, uh, when you're browsing through your things. Yeah. Um, I think that's a lot. And, uh, but one thing that I think is good with files as well is uh, that you can share a folder with discussed this actually um before um Mm -hmm. and i think it's really good for collaboration and uh, i've been waiting for this for quite a while i must say Mm -hmm. do you think it i mean we were talking about this before the show started but like journalism um is changing in a way 
um, that more and more journalists in Sweden, I think you mentioned, are yeah. stepping from a, some kind of laptop or notebook to uh, an iPad um, yeah, and, and, and having the... file structure, making it almost look like it's a, it's a laptop. Yeah, and, and the thing that they say to, said as well, that with Google, they couldn't really get it really smooth with the, the, the team drive uh, when they were working together. Mm-hmm. So apparently they're trying out now with the files, uh, ma- what do you say, uh, folder share. Yeah. So I'm going to listen um, to their podcast and see what they... Uh, what they develop and how they uh, how they find it yeah coming to I must, that uh, yeah. can can i just say one yeah, thing go, go that on. i reflect on um from that i've been waiting for a long time but i don't know if they're ever going to do it apple uh, and i actually talked to them about it is that you know when you're um dyslectic and mm-hmm. you want to write something and the sound to sound oh, yeah. uh, uh um i know what you're going to say yeah, you know, a <laughs> vowel or, or, or... Yeah, how do you pronounce it? And not how do you yeah. pronounce yeah. it? So it's an S, it's not S. It's mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you it's ever how you think teach that... first graders. Exactly. Do, yeah. do you ever think that is coming? Because I think that would be something that would be really good to have within the system. And there are um, apps that you have to pay for. Yeah. And it's quite a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I've been looking for this for a long time, and actually, like the... yeah, there's in Swedish, for example. I mean, I think it, the app is like four or five quid, which okay. is which is quite a lot if you have a lot of students. Yeah. So um, I was just wondering what you guys are thinking about that because I'm I'm always waiting for that update. I think building natively that would be a great thing for um, for like um, second language learners. Yeah, and also dyslexic people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's a lot. Yeah, I think so, um, so many things that that have happened. Um, Matt, um, I mean, you mentioned a, a few things. Like you were talking about maps right before. Um, was there something that stood out to you on this um, iPad OS? One one thing, I, I don't know. It, well, I mean, the updates, Martin can probably tell us more about it from seeing it himself. I think one thing that people are usually really amazed by when you show it to them for the first time is flyover in maps currently um, and the ability to sort of, you know, navigate your iPad around and almost augment yourself within a location. Mm. Um, I think that's probably, you know, if we look at what was on stage at WWDC on the keynote in terms of the look around, is it called, Martin? Yeah, yeah, think, yeah, it's I called looking. I think that sort of opportunity to, to sort of, again, immerse yourself in in a location and lots of the conversations I have with schools around maps, what do you use maps for? And, and the base level is, you know, it's a replacement for having an atlas or a replacement for having... Um, you know, just maps on paper, but actually, when you then take it, take it into a different view and, and start to really think about what you can do with it, it becomes a really immersive activity that you can think of. And even you know, exploring architecture of a place. You know, how many how many children that I teach in South Wales are, are going to have the opportunity to go to New York and explore architecture and yeah. and mm-hmm. scale of buildings and all of that? But to be able to go there, and I know we can 
we can do that currently with Google. We know we can do that already in Google Maps. But if if what we saw in in um, the Maps update brings something new to the table, I think that could be quite exciting for schools to start to explore. Oh, one yeah. one update I was very very excited about, and it might not be an educational one, was the um, the fact that now I could listen with uh, two pairs of AirPods. AirPods. Oh, yeah. 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 So that leads me into all the listeners who are, are listening to our podcast and who are dying to share their love for Matt's jingles <laughs> and, and the jingle that's coming up for the 20th episode. Um, go grab a set of AirPods and, and find a, a fellow listener and listen to what's coming up because <laughs> it's going to be Last night we it's a community experience, isn't it? Kurt? It is. Totally is. So, Matt, yeah. without putting any more pressure on you, uh, <laughs> let's have this jingle for the break first and then hear what you came up with this week. Challenge accepted. Awesome. Ah, ah, that's nice. nice. Yeah, that was the recording. least impressive sound of people saying nice. I Woo! nice. Now then. <laughs> Guys. Uh, it sounded as if we heard the jingle before, but it's, it's just that good. It's Yeah. I, I think the, the listeners will be more impressed than, than you guys, but you know. Rain on my parade, why don't you? Uh, guys, welcome welcome to this week's Questions with Matt. You know it's it's the um, possibly the fourth or fifth best section of the show as voted for by me. Um, we, we This week, I think just, I think lots of things going on, schools finishing and everything. We've got no, no questions from the listeners, but I think we've got a question from one of us. So, Johan, did you want to fire something across? Yes, I would like to. Um, I've been thinking about the teacher training or teacher education. And I've been looking at it here in Sweden. And there's a lot of um, decision made by our government that we have to embrace technology and put um, technology into the curriculum in many ways, everyone can code and things like that. However, uh, I can't see that uh, new teachers get that support um, within their education. And I know that you are really good at this and that you, you run this for your university. But I was wondering... Is that something that happens all through Britain? Um, and uh, what do you think about it? Is this important to support this? Or um, do you think that's something you have to learn when you just come out? Uh, I, I think it's weird because the government is actually trying to put this into uh, the schools. Um, that's my question. Yeah. I th- well, it, do you know what? It's, I think I ended up in university at the right time. I think that's that's my thing. Um, is it done elsewhere? From the feedback I've had, you know, from from people seeing what our students do on Twitter, you would assume that 
lots of teachers haven't had that as an input is it changing i would i would hope so i mean in wales we're similar we've got a digital focus as our curriculum um, the only way you're going to change practice is really getting it at that base level yeah lots, lots of the conversations i have with schools that have already adopted technology you know lots of the the apple distinguished schools um, around the country are saying that they they almost need to retrain teachers that come to their schools and they have big induction programs. I was talking to St. Cyrus today, they were talking about their their induction and how they have to really sort of think, this is how we teach here because we, these are the tools that we have. Um, and it yeah. undermines your, your three years of training, four years of training, whatever it is, to then have to re learn how to teach because one of the teachers I was talking to today said, you know, I, I was taught to do it this way but now I teach in a completely different way that I had no training in. So. Yeah, that, that's so weird because yeah. all, all the time when I go out and I'm trying to, you know, change the culture, I find that older teachers are in some way easier to work with because they, they are secure in having a, a, a lesson that they already know so yeah. they they're very keen on trying something new because they're not afraid of not uh, succeeding because they, they have something up their sleeve exactly but yeah. young teachers don't have that so they're very stressed when you say okay look you need this because they understand they need to reach all the learners and all that yeah. do you find that as well um we we have a bit of a mix really with our students we we're lucky enough that the digital sort of framework is has been in schools now for a few years so a lot of our teachers that are coming to us at least are aware that this is something they have to focus on so they're a little bit more open to it okay the problem they have is when they go to schools and where the schools are open to allow them to show them what they can do i think our students actually led one of the apple edu chats um I think it might have been last year, actually, and asked that exact question around okay. how do schools perceive trainee teachers coming to them? Are they raw talent that need to be moulded or are they new, fresh idea you know, students that can reinvigorate a school and actually start to train staff in new approaches? So, and, and I think there's a big mix still. I think lots of schools will embrace change and say these young you're not always young teachers but these new newly qualified teachers can show us the new things yeah. but others will be very much like you know you've got to learn the trade first or we listen you have to, to learn so yeah i think it's a balance I, I i i'm quite grateful for where i work i think because i do have the opportunity to do it at the base level i've done um i've done training with schools you know for quite a while um but i always think you know if you can get the, i think you said it yourself if you get culture right at the very start, then it, you don't have to challenge that. We've always done it this way. But what do you think about the responsibility for the, from the university or from the state to, to implement this within the university education? Because that's where I feel it lacks, if I'm going to be bold to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? An interesting, an interesting discussion for because of what my university's just gone through with a whole rebidding process of us wanting to have teacher training and there was some hiccups along the way, should we say? Mm -hmm. And actually I think mm -hmm. some of the feedback was we were being too adventurous and too innovative. 
and I think it's as a university we were we wanted to go in a certain direction and I don't think it was fully understood by the powers above I'm probably going to get into trouble for saying this on a podcast but you know that's that's my opinion I think we wanted to really change what was happening and um yeah I think we we are doing it anyway we're doing it um sort of in spite of certain things and we have won the bid now and we will do do our approach but there's a definite digital theme running through our course um so yeah yeah thank you for doing that matt that's really good work thank you i like that (laughs) yeah nice and what's nice is i think the other lecturers on our team have have seen it and have embraced it as well and it's i was actually having this conversation with with um, some of our students the other day we have we have digital leaders as students and um lots of them listen to this um and, and have really embraced the whole digital revolution but actually a lot of our first year students and second year students haven't really engaged in that digital leader program as much as previous students have and you can instantly see that as a oh it's failing or whatever and actually when we drill yeah. down onto it it's because it's the norm it's, it's just become the norm they, they haven't yeah. felt that they needed a certain role because actually it's gotcha. the norm for everybody so so unless I call them elite digital leaders, almost all of our students have taken on that role of digital leader now because it's it's part and parcel of, of what they do when they come to university. They, they turn up, they've all got iPads. Um, this year, they all turned up with Apple Pencils. They're, they're using them in lectures. So, you know, what I was trying to do before, which was to try to raise the profile, they're doing it themselves. You know, it's kind of handed over the, the mantle to the students to, to run with it rather than me having to, you know, promote it all the time. So, yeah. Nice. Cool. There we go. Well, there's a meaty questions with Matt session. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So what do you guys think? <clears throat> I, I think you two have, uh, I think you two have kind of just said it perfectly. I think the, the thing that, that, that I'll just echo is the, the kind of the sentiment towards um, teacher, you know, we call them probationer teachers. So the the sentiment towards probationer teachers when they come in, there's there's some schools that there are a lot of schools that that will you know they'll they'll say oh we need to listen to them, but we need to wait until they've been teaching for a wee bit so they can actually see what it's like. You know, because because until they actually see what it's like, how can we tell? How can we we listen to? You know, they're coming in with all these ideas, but they won't have time for to, to 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 do any of those, you know. So it's there's there's this kind of it's finding this balance. I mean, I've got um, a cousin who's going through her teacher training just now, and she says technology is just one person coming in and and sort of taking that responsibility for it. There doesn't seem to be this this wide reaching approach to it. So I think I think the conversation around when it should be used, how it should be used, you know, has to come away. And it's just this is technology. This is how it used it's used in schools. You'll need to be comfortable with it. Otherwise, you're you're going to find yourself struggling when you go into schools because it will be um, it will be part of the norm. And you know, changing the the conversation is is something that you need to try and take forward. Well, it's a huge employability skill now, certainly for our schools in Wales. It's you know, if I think about our our students that are going out into the job market, I think schools are expecting them to have it because one, they view them as young teachers who should know this anyway. You know, the whole 
um, you know, millennial generation of they get it all straight away, which we know isn't the case. They might understand technology, but not necessarily how to teach with it. Exactly. But I think it's a huge selling point, you know, for for the likes of Scott Han, who's one of our fantastic students yeah. and, and other people like him that are just being snapped up by schools at the moment because they understand it at a deeper level. So cool. Good. Cool. Nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. That is that is questions for Matt for this week. And don't uh, we have one more? I think Mr. Klein. And have you not got a question for Matt? Oh, I had a question for Matt, I, and I just—I was just wondering when do we take the time for these teachers to learn about choosing the right um, flavor of ice cream to run a podcast? Mister <laughs> <laughs> um, Anderson has been tweeting while you know while, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, ice cream is a must <laughs> <laughs> right no the question that i have for all of you guys is um, everyone's been asking about your favorite education app but with the summer coming up um and and maybe even when you don't want to think about education if you can what's your not favorite educational app like it's nothing to do with education excuse me it might be a game or something like that um matt what do you what do you think for your for yourself Wow. So the game that I play all the time, which just is going to be so uh, people are going to think I'm such a geek now. I play Simpsons Tapped Out. And it's <laughs> just, it just is a second. Like it's, it's just, I just, I've been playing it for like four years now and I've got this whole like... Your uh, town must be huge. It is huge. And I've redesigned it three or four times. <laughs> it's got a different road layout and I've got shops in the wrong place, and it's really, really sad. But do you know what? It's it's that well-being. It just just takes your mind away from things for a while. So, see, yeah. I would have expected that you'd be a football manager running a Liverpool no. club like that. No, Liverpool are running themselves so well at the moment. I don't need to interfere. With oh. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, what nice. about you? Um, my favorite game um, is Asphalt Nine Legends at the moment. Um, that's oh, just sure. a yeah. that's just a great little game. Yeah, you know, it's not a little game. It's I think it's two gig, but it's it's a free game that you can just sit and it's just getting to drive and smash into other cars, which is always fun. And this one isn't illegal, um, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about not illegal, Johan, what's your favorite game? Sorry, it's not on the iPad or anything like that, actually. Is it I Lick Ice Cream? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a book. (laughs) I I thought it was a game just to to eat ice cream. But you seem to be winning. Yeah, definitely. I always win. A vending machine. (laughs) <laughs> cost a fortune exactly no actually um, I uh, play or my favourite game ever or the most beautiful game ever what I think is uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild which oh, is my favourite games of all time Nintendo Switch it is. Uh, it's amazing and if you haven't played it go and buy a Switch and play it and uh, they're actually working on a sequel. Yeah, it's beautiful and it's intriguing. Okay, that's that sounds it. Great. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. That was a nice Nintendo commercial. Um, yeah, <laughs> Matt, back to you, guys. Um, 
if, if anybody's got any questions for us, um, serious or not, um, hashtag questions with Matt. Um, anything to give me another chance to up my jingle standards for next week. But that is it for this section. Back to you, cool. Matt. Well, wait, wait. Um, oh. Just before we wrap up, okay. let me get some seconds just to get out my um, notes for what I'm going to say. Okay? Okay. okay. So it doesn't happen like last time. Yeah. <laughs> See you soon. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the wrap-up set. We bring it all to a close and we let you know what's going to be happening next week. Kurt, do you want to let everyone know what's coming up on next week's show? Next week's show, uh, the EMEA chat, I think, is your last one, correct? So that's all Yeah, it is indeed. And you are the host together with Miriam Walsh, I see. Um, And everyone can showcase. I'm curious about what that's going to be about. And um, that's on Tuesday, June 18th at 8 p.m. BST. And then on the Americas chat, um, we still haven't talked about iOS 13 at DubDub. So we'll uh, have a look at that. Excellent. Uh, that would be good. Yeah, everyone can showcase. Just a way for us to bring the um, the year to an end. Um, if people are wanting to talk to us a little bit more, Johan, where can uh, where can they find us? Oh, they can find us on um, at Last Recap, and they can find me at Anderson underscore edu. Uh, Matt, I am Matt six four five three on Twitter. Kurt? It's at Mr. Kurt, M-E-E-S-T-E-R-K-U-R-T. I am mkutz81, that's C-O-U-T-T-S. And Johan, do you want to take us out with your little message? Definitely. Um, I have it here. (laughs) 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 Thank you for downloading this podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us. Listeners' comments and ratings keep us high in the ranking so that new listeners can find us. Please be sure to find us at Last Recap on Twitter for more news and podcasts. Excellent. Guys, as always, it has been an absolute pleasure. Have a great week, and I'll see you all next time. Take care, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.